Thank you for tuning in to the Button Rope Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And uh, we're here. That's it. We're back and we're here. And this is another uh, another episode of the Button Rope Show here uh, with myself, uh, Bud. And you obviously already heard the man himself, Roach. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're back. We're here. So uh, if you're reading the title of this or if not, You'll know, but uh, for those you who don't know, I guess you lead this off because this is your topic, man. I'm over here talking like I picked this one. I just watched the shit, but you witnessed it. I, I witnessed some of it. Like they were showing early WCW shit, and that's when I tell you, nigga, I didn't like wrestling that much. Like I liked it, but there's a fine hour of when I liked wrestling and the things I know, and when it stops, when it begins, and when it stops. And I remember Stone Cold being in WCW. I remember him being, you know, stunning Steve Austin. I, I don't know how See, to but I, I don't remember that. While it was happening, I had no idea about that because at that time, I was loyal to WWF. So, I had no idea. Like, I, you know, it wasn't until the the wrestlers started bleeding over to the other company that I actually started paying attention to it. <clears throat> but then, you know, looking back, now that we have YouTube and all this shit to really just kind of do all this digging you can see a lot of the workings were just i mean they literally shared talent across the three major promotions i mean i'm gonna include i won't say share talent that's not sharing talent you have people under contract and then contracts in and they leave and sign a new contract that's not sharing talent. but but they weren't if if someone decided from wcw that they were leaving and they were gonna try to you know be a free agent and sign somewhere else they didn't it wasn't held against them that they worked for the competition it was kind of favored i mean not all the time uh you, you could see some instances but you could see where they started pulling all the wwe talent uh, at the time it was wwf talent um but a lot of the wwe talent that we've grown to love came from wcw <laughs> like i so, mean i'll say to to a certain aspect and then you have to remember some of these guys who left were they really going to continue to rise up in WWE? I mean, by the time you had, let's say, the first big departure, obviously Hogan. Uh, you have that whole thing. Uh, you had Flair go back. Um, you had some pretty big departures, but at that time, while they were still considered superstars, I think you could say they were on the plateau of their career, and it only went up incrementally because of you know the monday night wars and that but afterwards they just sit, pretty much stayed at the same level or on the flip hand the guys who took over in wwe while it took some time i mean look at what wwe became and what they did to the rest of the business on the backs of these guys and of course great ideas from creative uh vince mcmahon's crazy decisions um some of the things that were just pure just it happened as good as it could um and you have to, i think we have to take that into account to a certain aspect. And we but, do. But but obviously, I, I will say, I mean, let, let's look at it. Um, Jericho, how big his star became. And that sort of flip-flop. That's kind of like uh, the rule in baseball where, you know, team players only uh, assigned to the team for the first six years of their career. And if you have a superstar, a lot of these guys try to lock them up sooner and hang on to them. But if not, you, uh, you know, you risk them leaving like that and losing a superstar of that level. But I feel... It, we have to give it up to Vince because we knew that Vince going into this had the mentality of conquering everything. He wanted every promotion. 
and he's pretty much. I don't I mean, think I don't think that was noticeable heavy on in the early W in the early Monday bro, night. Bro, just just before that, just with the agreement that his dad had with all the territories, and as soon as he took over the company, he bought everyone out. He took their top talent and destroyed everybody. But that's he, not something that's widely <clears throat> known in the regular regular fan people don't you have to dig deep to know that i'm talking regular fan shit yeah but i'm talking about the psychology of vince mcmahon he basically didn't burn any bridges with anyone because he knew at one point he was going to either take their company out of business or they would come back and and i think it's because of that that all of these people that have been recycled throughout all of these different promotions that he's had his hands in they're still in his life They, they, they they still hold weight in the wrestling industry because of their relationship to Vince. And it goes back to what this topic is. Brian Pillman. And you sure it's with an I? Motherfucker, I just looked it up on Google. You think maybe picking a topic you should have known that? <laughs> it's just, uh, I see so many different things. Because, I mean, people typically spell it with a wise way. Typically, ask what it says, Brian Cannon, B-R-I-A-N. I got to, uh, this was a, era of wrestling that i got to witness and i remember i think i was watching it at ease crib and it, it was a pay-per-view where the heart foundation came out with brian pillman <clears throat> who at that point was known to me as the loose cannon like that's how i met brian pillman it wasn't until the internet and all that shit that you go back and you see the hollywood blondes and and his you know, tenure with Stone Cold. I mean, at the time, it was just Steve Austin. But to see the bamboozle, bro. I mean, but you didn't... Know, but again, this is, these aren't things that were known at the time. To see... Now known after the fact, Eric Bischoff sits down, says everything. Certain things are known. And to see the way, even listen to Stone Cold and that, talk about what well, he didn't want to ask him because he didn't want it to become not real for him. And everyone didn't know. Yo, is this guy really doing it? Is he really, you know... And, I mean, you you can't say a lot of things after the fact, learning it after the fact. At that time, what people knew at that time, learning everything after the fact, cool. We have all the facts now, all the knowledge we have. But before that, what it was back then was just crazy for that time. And, I mean, it worked. Bro, even his personal story. I mean, the, that, the story about his, I guess, his first baby mother. I mean, that's just... I mean that that's that that's just I mean to 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 see it like if we match dates now now that this is out and it's like knowledge now if I go back in my free time and I start looking up his appearances during that time I'm gonna analyze it completely differently now I think that's the blessing that we have now as fans and we get all this access and shit people that you know were fans way before us they're not gonna have all of this shit. But the fact that his family is dictating his story and they're telling the story as they saw it. And you got all these promoters telling the story. First of all, shout out to Vice, man, for doing that shit. That is one of the greatest television series I've ever seen, bro. Greatest television series ever involving documentaries is 30 for 30. I like the way they took the 30 for 30 model and made it specifically niche to wrestling. But... Let's put the onus where it belongs and the idea for that coming for them to ESPN with 30 for 30. Because they've taken the ESPN 30 for 30 whole, you know, basic outline and layout and applied it over to wrestling stories. Um, One of my favorite things is when they do those cutscenes. 
the the cinematography behind the cutscenes or everything is shadows with the lighting behind. I mean, I, that, that, that actually kind of annoys me a little bit because you could tell I it's love not that them. Shit. Even with the shadows, you could tell it's not them. And I mean, I, I get why they're doing it, but it would be better just documentary style. In my in my opinion, I get why they do it though. It, it fits with the whole with the whole dark side of the ring. It's all silhouetted, all dark around it, and it seems like. Is a little light coming in from somewhere, but everything else is dark, no matter which side. So, which side of the ring is supposed to be light? If you if you look at it and from a pure from a pure filmmaker stance, with those dark scenes, with those, that's why it's like that. Because if you look at it, it's all dark, no matter what who's outside the ring, what's going on in the ring. There's a little bit of light, and it's like the dark side of the ring, but all sides you see coming are dark, in my opinion. So, and it also clears them from copyright because like it. That's filler shit that they're not showing enough. Like even when they did the one uh, with like a Macho Man or, or, or like j- just the different people that I've seen on these series. Whenever they recreate them, the Benoit joint, you see that it's them but as a they wrestling have, fan. They have footage that no matter what to get cleared, you have to get the rights to. That's not like royalty free. So maybe these. Obviously, I'll say at this point because it's mostly all this footage, all these companies owned by WWE. I'll say a good ninety-five percent of what they have to get footage cleared has to come from WWE in some aspect. Um, so I'll say like they are clearly getting some clearance to use this footage, but you obviously have the other things they don't want to have shown. Like I let's say uh I was watching it um while I was eating the Montreal School Drive episode and I didn't notice it was uh Bret Hart say when he put him in the screw uh in the in the uh and the sharpshooter, shooter, how he initially had the wrong way, his legs crossed, showing Michael yeah. his legs wrong. And he said he crossed them right for him before he could, you know, do it so he wouldn't hurt him. And I mean, seeing that is crazy, but I mean, these are things, but you you, you see the it in the footage, and you have to get that footage cleared by WWE or the right to use that footage. So. And every second counts. So because you have certain amount of footage that you need to get the licensing for, then you're going to have to do a lot of filler. But the filler that they do is fantastic, like just from a, cine- a cinematography level. But going just back to Pillman, bro, the story that, and it's not even done. It, it, this was just part one, which kind of pissed me off. But the fact that Stone Cold, and they opened it with him. So, th- so you already knew that this wasn't a bullshit episode. Like It wasn't like they just started with Jim Cornette. Or Vince Russo. Like, they got the A-lister of A-listers to open this shit because of not only his relationship with Brian, but with the fact that he got to witness it as a fan, too. Like, when Austin gave all the praise, especially when he broke down the situation with the Hollywood Blondes and said that everything was Brian Pillman's idea, the fucking costumes, the chains, when he still had the necklace that he gave him and all that shit. Like, bro... There's certain people that I feel, it's almost like method acting. I feel like Brian Pillman, at this point, became the loose cannon, bro. I mean, I won't say he became it, but you that people say it, and you see it with anyone, nigga. And I can say, nigga, you've done it. People blur the lines where you say Roach and Alex the same. And I, I mean, you, you say, or you say Roach and Alex. That's why different. I can speak to it. People lose to lose it, but I'll say this: that's not it with everyone. And like people say, people want to do this and blur, and it becomes blurred. And it's just like we always thought: we've never got a real answer, but we always thought 
in Undertaker's days that he became a little bit too into Dark Man thing, and they had to send him away to get good before he could come back. <laughs> we don't have proof, but we always believe that, and it's probably not true because, honestly, I believe it was an injury. He was out his back or his knee or some shit. I feel like now that we know Mark Calloway, and there's a new show on A and E. Did you see the the new show that they got? No. They're basically hunting. It's called Hunting Treasures or some shit like that, where they got all the old wrestlers going on the free market looking for their old memorabilia. So like Taker's looking for the mask when he was like the Phantom of the Opera mask that he had at one point, and there was just all these different old hats and costumes, the purple gloves and shit. They got Mick Foley looking for the Mister Sockos, bro. So now that we know that that's Taker, and he, he's he's basically saying that he spent the past thirty years maintaining the fact that that character was legitimate, but we see him at a fucking uh, a storage vicinity with his wife, looking through a bunch of boxes. I didn't even know they did that. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's, I mean, just, I mean, it's I don't not think not, it's I not something I'm doing it for. In all honesty, if it was anyone doing it, even if it was like a retired football player who had to sell shit off, I wouldn't watch it because it'd be kind of sad if they're looking at this memorabilia. I don't want to see him start crying, remembering that shit, and they let it go for whatever reason. So I don't. That's not something I want to view whole, into. The, the, the whole thing about the the show that they have on A and E is that they're retrieving all this shit to put it at the WWE Hall of Fame Museum. So, That's even worse. If I'm retrieving this shit, I want to retrieve it for me. I don't want to retrieve it for you. <laughs> I, mean, just, 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 I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm a terrible person. Maybe this I'm a, Triple H's idea. You can yeah, tell. Like, yeah, hey guys, all the shit we didn't let you keep, and then we sold off to auctions. We have some, uh, you know, some receipts if you guys want to hunt down the last known address. Yeah, like, just, you know, <laughs> the drill work for us places. Free. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. But when it came to the Pillman thing, looking at it, I mean, it's just. It was that like, like one of the things they were saying is like how he was breaking the rules. He was saying things and then like seeing what they meant. Like when he wrestled the pencil, uh, uh, bookman, like all these things. When he grabbed Bobby the Brain Heenan by his neck, like all that shit. <laughs> he dropped the f bomb live and walked off. And you're like you don't know, man. But it's I mean these are, and this is one of the things too. With him not there to say it himself, we still all just have to say it's all hearsay. Because he's the only one who could tell you whether or not if he was playing Bischoff. And that old like, guy, was that his dad? No. But here's the thing. That old guy was like a trainer. He said he was like a trainer who knew him and always worked with him. And what the old guy said was funny. When he said, what, what do you think about Vince McMahon? He's like, what I think so about a whore? Do, what you do fuck him. A, yeah, what do you do with a whore? You fuck him. And he was like, <laughs> that's what I think. That's what I thought. And he's like, I think about Vince yeah, but And then he just like gave that eye stare into the fucking like, camera. Nah, it wasn't bro. even. It was like he said it. He didn't stare. He said it and he like looked off. It was like, it was, it was almost like the, I'm saying this, you getting it on camera. If you ask me again, the next thing that comes out of my mouth is going to be way worse. <laughs> and you won't be able to use it. So here's your, here's your sound bike that's usable. And, and see, this is someone who, in strength and conditioning, God knows the amount of people he's been with who've been through some sort of wrestling something that have gone through Vince. So he probably has more stories that he's sitting on and not revealing to anybody, you think. But for that shit just off of Pillman, that's not a just off of whatever happened. That's a, off of real feelings with shit, the way he said that about Vince McMahon. Yeah. Going into it beforehand, and now what Pillman died in 96, it's 20, 25 years later. It's been 25 years. Yes. It's 2021, motherfucker. Add five years and 20 more, nigga. 25. And, Fuck. I mean, it's wild. 
It's wild, but seeing the way it went, seeing that story, um, seeing the way Bischoff says he told him, I can't justify giving you this. Um, There's I, I parts wa- of me that doesn't I wanna, believe Bischoff. I want to wonder. It feels like Bischoff's covering his ass. Yeah. But here's, here's what makes me wonder when it comes to the Bischoff thing. Why not just give him that, but it's not legally binding, the release. You give him the paper. It says it all looks good. He signs it, but it's not legally binding. He's still under contract. I that, I don't know why he did. I mean, he's such a brilliant businessman that, that I don't that, know why that did that thought doesn't cross. That was your a mind. level of trust that he had in that situation. But then it, the explanation that he gave didn't make sense to the reason why because he, he had he to show it to everyone. I really had a release. He just said, "I really got the release." Like. Yeah, but then you didn't. He's going. He's basically saying that he sent um, Pillman to WWE to increase his brand so that he can bring him back, bro. That doesn't make sense. What you're saying It's like, what makes you think that Vince isn't gonna keep him? He, I don't know. I, I guess so you're going like, up like against you said, the king too, of he was thinking about like, the fact, like said Vince McMahon, really was always the big guy as a champion, things like that. And I saw some reasons why it seemed like okay, but still, if you're this person in the note, you could simply give him a non-legally binding document, let him show it around, have his fun around, and then figure shit out that you really released him from his contract. It shows me, I, I don't know, I, I I don't feel that like I don't feel like that was truthful or Either honest. That was a level. All. If of, I'm being honest, I don't feel like that was. That was a level of convincing that only a madman could pull off. If he truly did do what that old man said, because the old right after uh, Bischoff said what he said, the old man came back on the screen and said the opposite. I mean, he said it was a bidding war. I guess I mean that's how a bidding war would go. You would you would play both sides against each other. I mean that's how bidding wars go, and 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 that's why, like I said, I don't believe Bischoff on this one. That you were in the know, and he was just gonna you know get a high number. From WWE so that you could give him that number back or let him go there, work that contract, and then he could come here and earn more. It just did, didn't did make sense. It really didn't. What he and was I, honestly, like the entire episode, I was watching this shit and I was just waiting for that heart foundation moment. And then they hit us with the part two. I mean, I mean they said it in the beginning. They said part one. Like... I must have glazed over that shit. In the beginning, I said part one. I was pissed right from the jump. I looked at yesterday when I saw part one. I went about my damn like, fuck this. Like, it's not even the whole fucking thing. So I was like, fuck this. I'll watch it tomorrow. But they're saying that the entire season is supposed to come out. No, on fucking on demand. We never know with these things. We never know. I think they only did it like this, obviously, because everything that's been going on, uh, people at home. um, And even that, that's coming to an end. So there's always that. Um, what? People staying at home. Uh, so I mean, the, the, the whole Damn, loose it's, cannon. It's fucking, uh, it's, this, the streets have been crazy today. When it comes to the loose cannon shit, it was, it was warm. Uh, we could talk about that. That that'll be another whole podcast. Um, but when it comes to the Brian Pillman thing, um, I, I, I obviously you know they never get Vince to talk on these things, but I want to see what everyone says when it starts the WWE. The whole everyone behind him with the gun thing was stone cold. That's what uh, I wanted to see. That's obviously something. I mean, that with today, they're going to talk about obviously with today, how things are going, how that's viewed. I'm probably sure WWE's pro- uh, Peacock scrubbed that with 
gun violence in this nation. Um, that's probably not even up anymore. Um, so those of us that did get to see it, that's probably charity. And then that's something I'll say, you know, this was supposed to be about Brian Pillman. We've talked more about a lot of other things encompassing it. Um, I don't think, uh, people, we, we realize how much we cherish because we got to see it. And now only way we're going to see it is on YouTube on shitty resolutions. Cause how much Peacock is scrubbed that's deemed insensitive for these that's times. That's a whole other podcast, bro. Censorship. I it's mean, like the the amount of editing that's happening right now, and I think it was a huge mistake for the WWE to get involved with this shit. They couldn't afford anymore to run the WWE network at the loss they were probably running at, and they probably never made a profit on WWE network. And to get their library, someone to take their library, get it off their hands, sell their subscriptions though at a lower price, but now they're in charge of that digital library. And also, you know, you could offer the pay-per-views, everything else on there. And essentially, isn't WWE Network like defunct now and everything's on Peacock? Everything's on Peacock. When I ordered WrestleMania on Peacock, it literally took me back to the early cable box days where you would order a pay-per-view, not be able to rewind or pause or fast forward. What's happening live is happening live. So there were times that I was watching and then I'll go outside and smoke a cigarette out of habit, thinking that I would be able to come back and watch the shit. And then they take like a day or, or two to actually put short clips um, on YouTube. So obviously they're not going to put the entire shit. <clears throat> there was just so many different. So does so Peacock many still have the old pay-per-views up? You can watch in its entirety or no? After it airs live, that's it. What I saw was after it aired live, then it was going to probably air again, and then that's it. I don't know if they're keeping this shit like categorized or if it's on demand, but I just, so far, I've had a horrible experience with Peacock, and that's why I fucking canceled this shit as soon as I fucking did it. Right after WrestleMania, I canceled the shit right again. Like, it's not worth it. It's, I mean, aside from the fact that if... And now if, you're scrubbing if the it was best still, moments in if wrestling it was history. Still, the way it was in WWE, nine ninety nine got you the pay per view. Then I'd live with it. If not, then no, it's not worth it. And if it's like an extra, like if you have Peacock and this is all added on top of your premium subscription, cool. But if you had WWE Network and now you're forced to migrate over there and pay for this to get this shit, and it wasn't what it was, or let's say, God forbid, they lowered it the price, but you have to deal with commercials now. Fuck you. I I remember spending about 54 bucks with tax on pay-per-views, solo pay-per-views, of all types of shit. WWE, UFC, early days, when they was fucking a big-ass fat nigga with some uh, short dude that was just elbowing him in the face. No rules. And everybody was content with that shit because the product matched what you were paying for the cable it, networks if right you now. if you're gonna pay 50 dollars, you want to see somebody bleed you want to see some crazy shit right and, now and and now is it's just a watered down right now is everyone's trying distribution to get into it uh i mean if you still have cable and that's what i think that's what cable networks you know big providers dish networks um dish providers dish carriers are banking on man is they still have pay-per-views and people that have that Telestial TV, whatever you want to call it, 
have to go through those means. And, you know, when you have the big ones, the uh, the big boxing matches they've been putting together now, uh, trying to entice people to watch these fights people want to see. Um, when you have UFC, and, I mean, look at the way UFC is taking over to become the dominant combat sport and how boxing's fallen to where now boxing in this country boxing in general was considered a celebrity thing yeah but that you let, you know, that that's that's a whole other podcast cuz i but, got a lot to say about nah, that no but that, i'm talking i'm talking about pay-per-view i'm just talking about the pay-per-view system how that's what it is now um they've still they they've sold subscriptions they're selling subscriptions to everything and i think uh cable network saw the writing on the wall they panicked that's why you have so many uh companies trying trying to do streaming services and people who blindly don't realize you have this, this, that, and that. You're still paying the same amount as you would for cable, and you're still paying for internet to access it all. Um, it, it's you're a crazy. Paying more now. It's crazy, but again, we veered off topic again. Probably paying way more. Um, without noticing it. Um, but Brian Pillman is that the loose cannon angle changed a lot of things in wrestling. It, it and even we talk about you know the curtain call breaking kayfabe, and really Brian Pillman. Was up there doing it. There were other people a little bit before. And he did it in a way that, that people we, didn't we, notice. We didn't even fucking realize what was happening, bro. That people didn't know that people weren't privy to. I like to use that word, privy to. Um, and you, you see it. Uh, what happened? Because I, I honestly, I feel what the curtain call did for the public, Brian Pillman did for the industry. They were in a panic. Because he's dropping backstage shit on the mic. And they didn't know how to handle that shit at but the But, I mean, time. he wasn't dropping backstage. He wasn't saying, like, storylines or anything. He was just using lingo, innuendos. The episode Not- was called Breaking the Fourth Wall. Once you say something that people don't understand, they will investigate what the fuck that and shit And people means. were investigating, but still. And he did it in a way that he it, did in a it way, wasn't blatant. But he did it in a way job done. that forced people to think. And it wasn't in a way that was gonna damage the business. It was, in a, it, it's almost like a secret society. If you're in a secret society, you know you have terms you're never supposed you're supposed to protect rules. Shit, you're supposed to say exactly. that only should be said to people in the know that understand these words. So they're all back there. These are words everyone back there is in the know, and no one out there knows. So he's dropping knowledge that shouldn't be dropped, so to speak. And they're in a tizzy and a panic. But in all honesty. That helped them. It it it, it did help them. It helped, uh, but it their helped panic them. came at the expense of the fact that it was on live TV. So the, you can't instantly reprimand somebody for doing something that's happening right it's now. It's on live TV, and then it doesn't. It, you you can't change it. It happened, and he did it. But still, people panic, and you're talking about a panic back then. What happened helped them more than anything. They just didn't see it, and you can't see the effects of something. People think the effects of something are immediate. The immediate effects are obviously there. And then you have to wait to see long-term effects, long-term, you know, negative effects of what happened. And really, there weren't too many because he, you know, set the the door for people. He set the door for a lot of people to blur that line and have it work for them. And, I mean, I won't say he was a, a trailblazer, a pioneer or anything, but... He kind of was. But when he caught flame, especially after that over-the-top promo where he shot the gun, they, everybody, I remember this, everybody in school wanted to be the loose cannon. Everybody was a loose cannon. 
And it was short-lived, especially after he died, but it lived. It did live. Like, he, he did reach a level. Come on. Like, they opened the episode with Stone Cold. He gave all respect due. He was like, listen, I, in essence, I, I want to ask Stone you, Cold if, if, if I didn't have Brian. If he, if he didn't have it, I, I said what he said about them both being frustrated in WCW, Mick Carter's. Uh, feeling like they had the potential WCW not knowing how to push them, them thinking they were gonna get a push and something that it, it's very easy to showing up. But I, I want to say this: Hold on, you you, you give team. no, just, just you're giving them credit because Stone Cold said that. Would people still give a fuck if it was somebody like Marty Jannetty or the Brooklyn Brawler they opened the episode with saying these things? No, you know, hey, we got Stone Cold. We get Stone Cold. Hey, you guys were tight. You know, and this is this comes back to filmmaker shit. You know what you're doing. If you could get a gun like that, a big gun like that, yeah, you get him. Yeah, but we can't discount Brian Pillman. You can't. You can't discount. Well, no, I'm not discounting Brian Pillman. I'm just saying, if you open that, it's if you great film, if you open this documentary, let's be honest, Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, let, 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 I'll say somebody even higher. Let's say if you open this with like a a Scotty Too Hotty, a Rikishi, people aren't even gonna pay attention the same way, and they kind of have more more name recognition. You know what you're doing. If this is a, a casual fan, even watching this, and you open with Stone Cold, it's like, oh, Stone Cold got something to say. Okay, I want to listen. You, 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 and the fact that they both, after leaving WCW, went to ECW before they went to WWE. They went to the place that was like a playground, bro. They wanted to mold their character and and become something outside of what the limits of wcw provided for them bro and honestly i've watched a million shoot interviews talking about you know there was this one there was this one part in the episode that they said that um they had booked them the hollywood blondes against flair and somebody else and it didn't draw on tv and then after that they got scrubbed everybody knows that watches the shoots interviews flair got them fired well, Flair got um Austin fired. Apparently, Pillman did it to himself. I don't like. I don't. And that's the thing too. Like, I so don't, when 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 I don't care that much about backstage to watch those interviews. Like, that's just to me. It's if, if I happen to click on it, haven't be done other things. I'm doing with those on. I'd rather spend that click on something else. But I mean, that just. I mean, it shows the cattiness. Look at Brett. I'm about to say Brett Favre. Look at Brett Hart and Shawn Michaels. When you look at the Montreal Screwjob. Look at. I mean, the way some of these guys talk about how they really felt about each other. I mean, and that's in anything. But when you have something like this, like, where we at close, you have to perform, sort of choreograph with somebody, and you don't like someone, that, that sucks. And I mean, who knows? Who knows, man? I just, we got to wait for part two. I want to see, like like I said, I want to see the... uh. I want to see the gun, the gun episode. I want, I want to see about I the gun. I want to see that. I want to see how that was really foundation. And I want to see how it ends. I want to see the aftermath of it. Because I remember the tribute. I mean, it's not, it, the tragic thing about him is he didn't die. Like, I mean, he had an like a un, a unknown genetic, like, hereditary disease. Like, with his heart, that it was the same thing that killed his dad. And that's the sadder thing about it. It wasn't like any of these guys' steroid use after the fact, long, long time steroid use. The all the drug use catching up with them, the alcohol on the road, women, drugs, alcohol, like them niggas in the eighties. 
They didn't really say anything about drugs with Pillman. They didn't. He loved his kids. He, loved he, he was a this, father. He was that, always that, everywhere That's probably with his the kids. thing that makes that all the worse. He found out the kid he had out of, like, before he even had his first kid, he brought her in, open arms. They said him walking backstage, had all the kids draped on him, hanging on him, running around his neck. He holding one, one on his arm, one wrapped around his legs, and carrying them all. And that shows something about him. And that's why I say the loose cannon was a character. Cause yeah, I don't. His addiction I don't, was the character. I don't. I don't want to talk about addiction or anything because that's too big of a conversation for people to deal with. But I won't say he was addicted to the character. I'll say he just knew what he wanted to do, and circumstances what led the way they were. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think he really was a, a madman at heart. Uh, like when like what, what people say about that, his family ain't calling him a madman. Like, oh, he was always a little off. No, he's vibrant. Look at what his uh. The one the, the 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 wife who was mean to the ex wife who killed herself, which she said one of the most well read, most intelligent people. Look at Stone Cold. He's that reading a dictionary a model, to pick up words. We ain't. I'm not even gonna talk about her because she's just. You know what? Young girls now, the yeah. Mollies, the Perks, the 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 Perique, the cocaine. You could today see these that, days. Bro. Even I'll say the hard alcohol, the hookah. You all can of that. See that. Look at her. All over her body. Nah, you can see it all over her body, but you could also see like the hidden at one time. You could tell, damn, you were kind of hot at one time. Like, I'll be honest. They showed the pictures. Nah, they did. But even looking at her now, like, you But it see. was also the fact of what they did. No, what she did. Because he. Collective. Nah, she, I, I, she I, said she put the battery in his back. I'll say. Had no situations. But that, he approached her with that idea. And she agreed. Had she have said, I don't know, I don't think he would have went through it. Just reading off of that, it seemed like her yes was right. Good idea. Uh, I think that- You and take even, a kid away from his parents, you're going to deal with, like, uh, that's a primate. It's, it's not It's not the same. Mothers are totally that's different. Primitive Mothers are totally different instinct from fathers, from everything. Bullshit. Is mothers- Listen to me. They're shit mothers, but a mother from her child like that is, I want to say, different from a father from a child. You don't you don't hear about too many deadbeat mothers that walk out on their daughters or their sons or their kids. You hear a you lot don't? more, huh? I said you don't hear about it as often. There are, but you, you because it's not good for marketing. No, no, it's not it, marketing it, for mothers. There, it is shit mothers. But I'm sorry, maternal instinct is different from fatherly instinct. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. As a parent, I'll say watching mothers and fathers from a distance. Mothers just have a different know about. You're not them. a parent. I'm not, and that's what I'm saying from a different way. You're mad because I'm saying you're dad, and you feel like I'm not giving you credit. I'm saying that's not why seeing I'm, I'm mothers. Not mad at all. I'm, I'm, I'm saying seeing mothers. I'm sorry. Mothers have a separate, different instinct, my nigga, and you know it. And we can use our moms as proof, and use our dads as proof. Mothers have a separate no instinct intuition, whatever the fuck you want to say. Women, especially when they become mothers, develop a sixth sense. Some of them develop a fucking seventh or eighth, but definitely a motherly instinct that's a sixth sense in my mind. And when it, what, what he did, what, what they did to her, taking her daughter away, and for her to say that on the phone, what she said to her, that her mom, her own mom, and then as a mother, your child's taken away from you, and someone tells you your mom says that to you, said that about you. Real or not, motherly instincts are completely different. Completely different. And it also comes down to genetic wiring, chemical balances, and makeups, too. Got to take that into effect. 
if people people do use that for when they want to use behavioral studies. So we have to take that into effect. That was the beginning of the end. For who? Him or her? For both of them. I don't I think I think her death for him, but I mean like like his daughter said the other like she has to live with that shit. You know what you did and like I mean you like can I see said, that she did. I believe people I believe that people have to live on like that with like, what yeah. you know you did and you have to suffer for your days. God's gonna make sure you survive. She You're gonna be on a breathing machine. You're gonna be on that organ lady failure, looks still terrible. surviving. That, and she's only like fifty. That lady Think about that. And she's only like fifty. Terrible, bro. And when I saw the pictures of her and Brian Pillman, she didn't look terrible, bro. She looked like a fucking supermodel. And she just you ever seen you seen like cocaine cowboys, huh? She looked like she was like a she don't look like a meth head. No, she, she looks does. like no, no, that's not meth head. No, she her face wasn't scarred or anything. She looked like I'm not talking about blotches or anything. I'm talking about the demeanor. She looked like a meth head. Nah, I don't think that she was. I don't think she's ever done meth. I'd say that's a long time cocaine, and also she probably doing a little smack and alcohol abuse, pills, uh, like meth, heroin. You have to realize those things that like meth rot you, nigga. Like she's like rot you, you everything, nigga. She only looked like her teeth were just yellow, nigga, and she looked like she's missing like one tooth. Bro, she had fucking spaces of of missing tissue on nigga, her. Nigga, that's from like they had to probably she had probably have some surgery from something. But that's not meth, nigga. You can shoot fucking heroin and get a fucking... You get that type of shit from a tattoo getting fucking an infection. Anything can happen at that. That's not necessarily meth. Um, but whatever she did, it was just clearly hard drugs. And I think that, like his daughter said, she's going to live out her days knowing what she did, miserable. Even when she talks about it, you can tell it's a person who has to, who's pain knowing those thoughts every day. Who's pain knowing... She thinks about it every day. And you fucking should. And she fucking should. She thinks and people, about that shit. But here's the thing. Day. And this is another thing we're going to talk about. And I want to do that after this is accountability. Is people don't forget you have to be accountable for your actions. If not to someone else, to yourself. And even if you want to lie to yourself, people know deep down inside what the fuck they did and what they're responsible for. Even if they don't admit it. Even if they don't admit it. So I'm cool with leaving it here with Brian Pillman because that's where the episode was like basically left. Is she knows what she did, what she was responsible for. And I mean... I'll just say, even, I mean, his kids, you, all of them, the way they talked about him. Like, that's not, dad didn't have any demons to them, it seemed like. Dad was just a guy, you know? He just, he was a wrestler, and he loved them. That was their dad, man. I mean, but and, he was, he he turned the industry upside down with his antics, bro. I and, mean. And I think, I think it's only now that we get to appreciate it. Because at the time, you're so caught up. Uh, remember this during the time that we had cable vision, bro. A pay-per-view is a pay-per-view. We couldn't rewind. Now we get to see this shit a million times over. like, And people telling the real stories. Like, you may not like shoot interviews. I don't like fucking ESPN 30 for 30. I think that shit's trash. I like this. So see, I'm going to say that. But they don't do anything on wrestling. But... I mean, if they did, then I'll watch it. They've done nothing, I'll be honest with you. I've done zero jack shit on wrestling and now like their fourth series. But the stories they've told But Vice, even outside of told, even outside of the uh Dark Side of the Ring series, Vice has been doing some like some real they wrestling do some, shit. They they I mean they fit I a lot of the, the most WWE like ESPN just started to cover WWE and give like blurbs on updates for shit. 
on their website. They just recently started. Uh, they they still I think ESPN as a sports even with all the shit they put up as sports still can, I, don't I, consider I, wrestling a sport. I have to at I its have purest to feel level. like like Brock and Ronda Rousey are kind of like the reasons for that. Nah. The, cro- the crossover athletes, I think, made it there where people who would never speak about WWE or wrestling have spoken about it because they were either fans or commentators of other sports. I, I won't say that. Um, I'll say just the fact that it, it's still, I mean, people do ask this. There's sports fans where it does overlap. Not a lot. A lot of pure sports fans don't love wrestling. And a lot of wrestling fans don't love sports. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a weird thing. Like, a lot of wrestling fans aren't baseball fans. Very few are football fans. Even lesser basketball fans. And what's funny is like, that like a lot the of biggest these wrestlers, overlap you may get is between football and, and wrestling. A lot of these wrestlers are, like, re- like people who, like, got injured on football. Yeah, like, no, got flopped. Very few of them got injured. Most of them are flops at football. Um. But it just shows, I mean, when you think about sports, NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, how to reach there, well, that's the best league in the world, how you're in, like, you're in the top percentage of athletes in the world. And, I mean, these guys were in that percentage to make it, just not have longevity. So I think that's something that needs to be, you know, spoken about, getting credit about, man. Um, Let's just wait for Brian Pillman part two so we could – officially close out this podcast but until then you guys can follow us at button road show and you can get everything over at buttonroach.com and uh you can support the show over at patreon.com slash button roach uh and all the information is up there so like you see like you said like you heard just uh go over research it look at it (laughs) and you already know why because we do the fucking heard thank you for tuning in to the button road show